This is an RNZ podcast. We now need to familiarise ourselves with all of that information, um, where the business case is up to, um, and cast with this sort of expertise, take, let them take that away, let them digest that, and then let them come back and say, actually, in real life, that's not going to fly. That was Tracy Martin, former New Zealand First Party deputy leader and now the chair of an eight-strong panel of media people appointed by the government last Wednesday to oversee a business case for a new public media entity to replace state-owned TBNZ and RNZ. And when that business case is done, they'll advise the Broadcasting and Digital Media Minister, Chris Farfoy, if they think the proposal will fly or flop. And at the unveiling, Tracy Martin went on to tell reporters this. So um, that's really what the talents of this group is, is that while the people writing the business case can do it from a technical perspective, these individuals here have real-life experience and they can identify that actually that's not going to work and we don't want to present the Minister to take to Cabinet something that won't work. And Chris Farfoy, who hosted that event on Wednesday, certainly won't want to take to Cabinet anything his fellow Ministers won't want to give a green light to because he's been there before. He first started talking about the possibility of a new public media entity to replace RNZ and TVNZ back in 2019. And thanks to a source spilling the beans to RNZ in January 2020, we learned that the government had settled on that option of a new public media entity within three years. But back then, Cabinet wanted to know more about precisely how it would work before it disestablished both existing broadcasters and Tracy Martin's party leader at the time, Winston Peters, was one member of the government who wasn't keen. Now, ministers demanded a business case for this and the consultancy company PwC was hired for the task under the banner Strengthening Public Media. But then came COVID-19 and that business case was put on ice. But a year later, Chris Farfoy told the parliamentary committee reviewing both TVNZ and RNZ last month that business case has been thawed out. The Ministry of Culture and Heritage is currently working on a detailed business case which will assess the viability of a new entity, including costs and a preferred operating model. And following the completion of this case, I'll report back to Cabinet later this year. Uh, and final decisions on the proposal to establish a new entity will be considered at that time. Well, that business case is now being put together by another crop of consultants from Deloitte, and they're running the numbers on what a new public media entity would cost to develop, implement and operate. And time is tight. The Minister said that should be done by mid-year, after which the eight experts appointed this week will weigh it up before he takes it to Cabinet for approval before the end of the year. Now, the new expert group will also oversee the drafting of the charter to govern a new public media entity and also how it would collaborate with and complement the work of private media. Now, one among that new guidance group who knows all about that is Michael Anderson. He was the chief executive of MediaWorks until last year when he heavily criticised the government for leaving commercial companies like his in the lurch. I asked him if that's the perspective he'll be bringing when he advises the minister on a new public media entity. We're a small market, Um, we need to have a healthy overarching media environment, we need to have a healthy broadcast, you know, public broadcasting environment. Well you were very staunch about it in your role as um, the Chief Executive at MediaWorks saying that the government was bolstering its own state organisations at the expense of ones in the commercial market, even that it it might put you out of business. I mean, are you going to be telling them about that experience and saying they've got to bear that in mind when they build something new? Again, you know, I don't think that's the role that I specifically play. I think the role that, that the committee plays is to look at what is, what has been, and what do we need to move towards. 
anticipating the way that the audiences are moving. And do you reckon you've got a pretty good understanding of what you think the New Zealand public wants? Because this is fairly tight. You've got a, uh, the business case being done by the middle of the year and then they want to get it through Cabinet by the end of the year. Committee is very diverse. Uh, it brings a lot of different experience, New Zealand experience. It's relying a lot of good, valuable information that will be um, brought into the committee. So I don't think that that was, is going to be an issue, really. It's Michael Anderson, former chief executive at MediaWorks and one of the eight experts overseeing the forthcoming business case for a new public media entity. Now, as we heard there, the government is now in a hurry with this and the chair of that new governance group, Tracy Martin, also told reporters that part of her job is to hustle it all along as the minister wants. My purpose is to make sure they have everything they need inside the parameters that Cabinet has decided to come up with options that work for the Minister and the time frame that he has because, as I can hear from your questions, people are frustrated that it has taken this long and the Minister is as frustrated as everybody else. So that's what I bring. But after months of not much action on this, is moving quickly to a big decision on a new public media entity really a good idea? Engaging with the public will be part of the new group's job, reporters heard on Monday, but the Cabinet will make a decision on a public media entity for the future without formally consulting the public. And until then, it's not going to be really clear at all what the proposed new media entity will actually look like. The Minister has insisted this is not just mashing together the public service non-commercial RNZ, whose foundation is radio, with TVNZ founded on heavily commercialised television broadcasting. But previous Cabinet papers make it pretty clear that it will have what the Minister calls crown and non-crown sources, in other words, a mix of public funding and commercial revenue. But how could that be created by 2023, out of the resources of two organisations with very different budgets, priorities and cultures? That's an unanswered question. And in fact, the whole thing was a series of unanswered questions when MediaWatch spoke to TVNZ's Chief Executive Kevin Kenrick at this time last year. So I think to date, the conversation has been around shaping an entity, which is a structure, and and doing away with two existing entities. So what? Well, I think what really matters is what is that entity going to do? What audiences is it going to serve? What sort of content? How might that be delivered? Um, What skills and capabilities would the entity have? And when Kevin Kenrick was asked about all that again at this year's annual review of TVNZ in Parliament a month ago, he said that TVNZ was merely an observer to what was going on at the Ministry for Culture and Heritage. But RNZ's top brass have been much more enthusiastic. At RNZ's annual review, Chairman Dr Jim Mather even echoed the Minister's own language on strengthening public media when he declared RNZ's strong support. We believe as a board and an executive team, it is a once in a generation opportunity to create a stronger public media system that would benefit all New Zealanders and ensure we are connected, informed and part of a cohesive democracy. But with the shape and the scope of any future public media entity still a mystery, why are RNZ's top brass so enthusiastic about it? I asked Paul Thompson, Chief Executive and Editor-in-Chief of RNZ. We think there's a a strong case for more public broadcasting. We know that commercial media have increasing headwinds with their model. We know that there's increasing misinformation and risks of polarisation in community linked to the rise of the digital platforms and all the disruption that they're bringing. We think the best response to that is a media sector that's sustainable and able to adapt. And a key part of that should be a really strong public media organisation. So we think that's a strong case. We're not uncritical 
We think that it needs to actually meet some key requirements. It needs a charter that enshrines its public media purpose at its core. It needs to be sustainably funded. It needs to be future-focused and not too um, focused on changing the things that we know already work. It needs to have a look at what the changing needs are, and we're going to be doing our best to influence the thinking and make sure that, uh, that we get this right. But the one thing we do know about what the Minister's proposing is it's going to have a mix of, as he puts it, Crown and non-Crown resources and funding. So effectively, it's going to depend to a large degree on television advertising. I mean, that is a big risk, isn't it? Because that changes the nature, the culture, the scope of whatever is possible. Yes, it's difficult. Not impossible, but it is difficult. That, um, whilst it's important, shouldn't dominate the thinking and discussion at this stage. I think the critical thing is to decide what is this thing for? What is its purpose? The Cabinet paper makes it really clear that the new entity, if it happens, will have a public media purpose. Therefore, the funding model needs to support that. If we get too caught up in trying to figure that up at, out at the moment, those discussions will take over the critical point, which is to figure out what the mandate of this thing will be. But Labour-led governments in the past 20 years have had two goes at reforming Television New Zealand, public television, doing it through heavily commercially funded TVNZ with, with non-commercial channels that only lasted for five years before that a charter that wasn't especially well funded and uh, regarded as not any kind of success by almost every critic and analyst. Are you really confident that another Labour government also looking to rely on a broadcaster that will be funded through television advertising is going to come up with the right model? That, that's good for public broadcasting? Well, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. The intention is there to make sure that this works and that it is a public media entity. Yes, it will have a mixed funding model. That's cr going to create a whole lot of questions which need to be resolved. It's not my job to resolve them. If New Zealand were to create a new public media entity that relied heavily and was dependent on maintaining or growing commercial revenue, it would automatically tilt its focus towards maintaining those revenues and looking after those commercial services. So somehow this new policy needs to make sure that doesn't happen. How could that be done? How? I think it comes down to the mandate of the entity that is enshrined in legislation, that it has a charter that ensures it's independent, and it has enough funding to underwrite that loss and that decline in commercial revenue which is likely to happen. And that's what I assume that the governance group is going to be putting some thought through into. Mm. You mentioned you hadn't engaged yet with the consultants who are now putting this business case together by mid-year. In the annual review of RNZ, the written questions that RNZ answers, one was uh, what work has been conducted around mergers with any other agencies. That's last year. Um, RNZ's response was, was not very revealing. It just said work carried out by several agencies to investigate a number of options to strengthen public media in New Zealand. But what has RNZ been doing, or yourself personally, towards this new public media entity? We, we have off, uh, frequent meetings with officials and with the minister to um, contribute our ideas. And uh, last year we were heavily involved in the drafting of a partial business case. This is the one that was put on hold as COVID hit. So we were um, very, very busy in that process and contributed a lot to it. And that is now being thawed and has been picked up by Deloitte, and we'll be back in working with those people, I'm sure, in future. Talking directly to TVNZ and its leadership? Uh, we're talking to a range of media um, all the time. It's really important because, you know, a lot of what RNZ does is try to be a collaborative partner for the media industry, and absolutely we're talking frequently with TVNZ, but that's nothing new, really. But the business case 
um, is specifically looking at how a new public media entity uh, would operate in the future, including how it would collaborate with and complement the work of private media. But who knows what the private media will do, what its strengths or weaknesses or failings or gaps would be in two, three, four, five years' time. Why does a new public media entity have to take into account the rest of the commercially owned, privately owned media? My personal view is that that is a really positive thing in terms of the parameters for the new entity. I mean, the last thing that New Zealand needs is a publicly owned, commercially funded or commercially dominated media entity that's going to create more pressure for the media sector, which is already experiencing lots of challenges. And the public media entities within that need to make the whole ecosystem healthier, not less healthy. Well, the minister says he wants this all uh, done, up and running, if possible, if, if a new media entity is the way to go by 2023, which is you know, his term in government. So, so far as he can see, that's the horizon for him. But between now and then, doesn't that mean that for yourself and, and also for TVNZ, for that matter, pretty much anything big you want to do is, is on hold, is even parked, as the minister put it? Because, I mean, for example, uh, his opposition counterpart, Melissa Lee, has put a string of questions to him in Parliament and um, he has replied to a whole bunch of them saying that any decisions on this depend upon a new public media entity so no final decisions are being taken about the future delivery of public media content. Is everything stalled now till 2023? No, no, it's not and we're really clear about that as um, our board and executive level. We've thought a lot about this. We've got a new two-year strategic plan that we're working on at the moment. There's lots of new things in that. Um, the vast majority of RNZ's activities are going to be highly relevant to the new entity anyway. I think what the ministers asked is that we just, if we're going to launch something or do something significant, we just have a you know, check ourselves and make sure that it can connect to what that, that future that he's building. But I think it would be utterly disastrous just for us to sit still for two years while this, while this thing happens around us. We'll take one specific example, though. Um, RNZ's proposed youth service, I mean, that founded last year. Um, that 102 FM frequency is still out there. Um, the minister says any work on that is stalled. Um, in fact, when asked about that by the opposition, he said any decisions on allocation will be considered within the broader context of uh, the work the government is doing on the viability of a new single public media entity. So, yeah, that's effectively stalled. So you can't move on that at all. In the next two years. Yeah, but that, that, is, that is correct. But I think it was unlikely to be a quick resolution anyway. Even if the strong public media policy didn't exist, I think we'd still be having those discussions and it probably would still have been stalled. What we've decided to do is make sure that we can get on and do some new content for Rangatahi in the next couple of years, which doesn't depend on access to spectrum. And we're comfortable with that. I think that at some point that proposal will come back onto the drawing board, but it's not something that I'm losing a lot of sleep on. We can just get on and do some good things in the meantime. At some point you still want that frequency, it's still sitting there well, for it's still tagged, and, It's still yeah. tagged towards young audiences and so at some point someone needs to decision, make a decision around how that's allocated, so we're going to do what we can in the meantime. And RNZ's charter um, coincidentally this week it's five years, it's kind of up for a review now. Is that process also stalled because become irrelevant if there is to be a new public media entity. What the minister um, has indicated is that he he would like that charter, the review of the RNZ charter to be put on hold and for the creation of the new charter for the proposed new entity 
to be the substantive process, which I think makes sense um, because that's kind of what we're looking at at the moment is whether or not this new entity is going to be created. So I think it gives RNZ a good opportunity to contribute to the formation of that new charter and make sure the work goes into that. When the minister uh, unveiled this to reporters on Wednesday, uh, he was asked by RNZ's Jane Patterson, look, the status quo is, <laughs> is a real possibility, is it not? Because if, if you don't get a business case that this governance group appointed this week approves of and that the cabinet won't go with, uh, then we'll have to carry on as usual. Do you think that's the, the only option if, if the business case isn't persuasive? Well, my view is that something is going to have to change. And if you look at the status quo at the moment, it's not great. New Zealand has um, a low level of public media funding compared with um, similar nations. There's growing gaps in coverage. That's just not news coverage, but it's also coverage of all our cultures, all our languages, our, our arts community. But post-COVID, the spending's never been higher. Post-COVID, the sum spent on broadcasting and public media is now in the region of $300 million a year. That's a lot of money. Bit of a sugar um, hit, though, isn't it? Because all of that funding is time-limited and linked to COVID. As a nation, we're going to have to figure out a more sustainable, ongoing way to support media. I also think that there's a range of public media entities in New Zealand that do a job within their own uh, um, remits, but there's not a lot of coordination, so there's probably an opportunity there. The minister and the and cabinet um, and the government will need to be convinced if it does something significant that it's going to actually be of benefit to New Zealanders. Well, you and RNZ's governors are supportive, but this is all going on out of the view of the public. You know, we don't know what these consultants are up to, no idea what this business case will be, no idea what the, the proposal is beyond something that's partly commercially funded, partly state funded. I mean, the public doesn't have a say in this at all. Are you not concerned about that? They have no avenue whatsoever at the moment uh, before this thing goes to a cabinet decision. I think that's a legitimate concern. Um, my understanding is that the governance group is going to get out and talk to uh, people about the proposed charter. New Zealanders need to trust that this new entity is actually going to work in their interests, and therefore I think we've all, there's a big obligation to make sure there's a, an open conversation where all of that information is shared. So I think it's a good challenge and certainly something I'll be encouraging uh, in, in any way I can to make sure it happens. Finally, you, you support this, uh, what the government is doing. Um, you're going to help them create it. And if this is the decision they take by the end of the year, do you also want to lead it? Uh, I have no comment to make on that whatsoever, and it's certainly not where, where my thinking is. That was Paul Thompson, the Chief Executive and Editor-in-Chief of RNZ, talking to me there about progress towards a new public media entity to replace RNZ and state-owned TVNZ by 2023, something which moved a step closer this week with the appointment of eight people to the Strong Public Media Business Case Governance Board.